It's Flat Out RC time. Welcome back. Andrew Sill here coming to you from the land down under, presenting you the podcast that talks all things radio control flight. We're talking radio control planes, helis, and drones. Thanks for joining me once again. Uh, jam-packed episode. Uh, talking about a bit of a new product that uh, just came out of the market. Uh, but special guest this week uh, is Marty Morgan. You may have heard me mention his name, uh, but Marty and I are good friends. Uh, we go way back uh, many years ago. We met at uh, an event that I put on. He was a customer of mine when I was selling 3D Hobby Shop aeroplanes, bought plenty of 3D Hobby Shop planes. Uh, comes from South Australia, but good guy. So we'll uh, catch up with Marty, see what uh, his hobby experience looks like and uh, and what he's been up to. So stay tuned for that. But before we get to Marty, let's take a look at what's been happening around the traps. I'm sitting here on a Sunday afternoon recording this uh piece and uh, currently in lockdown again. I'm here, here in Victoria in Australia. We have a bit of a snap, what they call the circuit breaker lockdown, seven days. And sometimes I don't mind the little short little break. Uh, allows you to unwind a bit. But the problem is, is, as I look outside, it is perfect flying conditions. It's cold, but it's dead calm. And I wish I was at the flying field today. So Pretty frustrating day, really, when you've got good flying conditions and you can't get out there. But uh, hopefully we'll be back uh, next weekend. We shall see. I'm hanging for a fly. been getting out on the sim. Um, I had a bit of a break on the sim because I was really busy with work. Normally, I get on the sim after hours, a bit of a after dinner, get on for half an hour to an hour and, and play around with my mate Brad Worm. But uh, haven't been able to, but got back in, introduced my friend Richard Wiggins into, uh, into the... Um, world of simming as well and he's uh enjoying that one of the comments we often hear about sims is oh they're not like the real thing well of course it's not like the real thing but the actual flying and stick movements is like the real thing uh and it's interesting that whenever i get on the sim online and play with other people which you can do and we use on the real flight sim uh most people are 3ds freestyle aerobatic kind of guys or heli guys uh, because we know how much practice we need to get that muscle memory down with the sticks. And for anyone that thinks that sims are no good, then please explain to me why I managed to take off and land a plane on my first flight ever. Straight down the runway. That was all on the back of simulator practice. So proof is in the pudding. I learned how to fly on a sim and uh, still going strong. Like I said to my mate Richard, I said, Richard, why is it that after a week of good practice on the sim, I fly better on the weekend? And we set him up with the right planes because uh, anybody that's been simming for a while knows which models to use. And um, there are a lot of good people out there that are modifying the real flight models to, to you know, be more lifelike. Uh, and so we grab those and we play around with those and we just we use it as a practicing tool. It's a bit like um, you could say, or oh, why would a football player go, go into the gym and lift weights? It's not like playing football. And it's exactly the same kind of thing. It's just a training tool. So if you've got the real flight sim, and you know, anything from sort of version 7.5 and up. Uh, and you get onto the multiplayer and you see flat out RC session, jump online. Come and join us for a bit of a fly. Uh, we always call it flat out RC. So you're welcome to join us on the sim. Now to another thing I want to talk about with you today. That is a new product that's just come out from, again, the guys at Horizon Hobby because I've always got new models coming out. And if any of you are into Stoll kind of planes, They've got a new one, and uh, another variation on the theme called the Turbo Timber Evolution. Uh, 
they like using this word evolution a fair bit. It's, it's like after the second generation, they don't know what to call it, so they just call it the evolution. So anyway, uh, so the timber is a high wing bush plane kind of thing, big wheels. It's a foamy. Wingspan is 1.5 meters. Uh, so it's really suited to a 3S 2200 milliamp hour pack to a 4S 5000. It's a pretty big range. 4S 5000 is a pretty big battery. I've got plenty of 3S 2200s. If you want to send me one, I'll test it, guys. Uh, I've got the batteries. Uh, you can buy it in a bind and fly version for spectrum transmitters or PNP, so you can add your own transmitter. So you're a spectrum user and you get the bind and fly. Come with the AR637TA receiver, full range telemetry and industry leading DSMX technology. I think it comes with all the gyro stuff uh, as well, um, with AS3X safe modes and all that kind of stuff that limit your bank angles. Good for if you're learning, but most of us don't use that. Uh, they're saying it's an evolution of a legend um, style plane, of course. I reckon the 4S power system would be great. It's got a turboprop style nose, three-blade propeller, uh, ready to continue the timber legend. So it looks like it does look like fun. I've seen these fly, um, especially when we had this stole comp down here at my local club. These timbers really performed well. Uh, you can put floats on it. Uh, includes optional use floats with steerable rudder for flying from water. So it's got a stiffened wing for improved aileron authority roll rates and handling. And it's got stronger reinforced mounts plus shock absorbing landing gear and oversized wheels and tires. Optional use leading edge slats for improved style and slow flight performance. I wonder whether they actually work. I mean, you just glue them in place on the leading edge. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what people think of that. But all in all, it looks pretty good. It's got that smart technology, as I said, uh, if you want to use it with your Spectrum radios. Uh, big flaps to help that stall capabilities. Versatile durability. Composite reinforced hollow core construction with EPO material delivers a lightweight yet durable airframe. Uh, LED lights. That look cool. Uh, LED landing navigation strobe lights that are factory installed and powered from the flight battery. Uh, easy assembly, no glue is required for assembly and because a few parts that need to be assembled easily bolt into place be ready in less time than it takes to charge the flight pack two piece wing uh, now featuring combined servo and LED connectors so that's great, I love it when they make these these foamies really easy to put together the colour scheme slightly different, looks pretty good it almost looks a bit like X-Cub like a um, little bit Yeah. Uh, Red, white, and I think it's a black or a blue. Hard to tell from the photos. But um, I think it's a black. But uh, someone's trying to send me a message. But yeah, pretty good. So Turbo Timber Evolution, price-wise, not sure. Let me see if I can find out. Guys at Model Flight down here in South Australia generally have it as their wholesale business is the business that imports these models. So... They don't have it. Nobody will. So let's just have a look and see if we can get a price on the Turbo Timber. Oh, I'll type it into the keyboard. Uh, Timber. I might not have a price on yet. Yep, not up online yet. Too new. Too new. The old version costs uh, around the $450 mark for the PMP version, about $470 for the. Uh, 
the binary fly. Gee, the binary fly is good value with the Spectrum receiver. So there you have it, E-Flight Turbo Timber Evolution 1.5 meter foamy. Looks good. Hopefully it flies. This is a look, well, just as good as it looks. Guest time, and this week's guest is Marty Morgan. Marty comes from a little town called Karunda, I think it is. Always get mixed up because... Chris Rudder, who's also a good friend of mine, has been on the podcast before. He's from Corindai, Corunda, Karuna. Can't remember. Anyway, uh, but Marty's out in um, South Australia, lives on a farm. Uh, he's one of those fortunate guys that has his own landing strip, his own flying strip. Uh, for, he's lucky that not only does he have the land, but his family's also involved in earthworks as well as farming. So he's got machinery as well to create his own strip. I've been there. I've been to his farm. I haven't flown there, but I've seen his strip stood on his strip, and uh, it's pretty nice. But we'll hear the realities of having your own strip. But Marty's uh, Marty's a, a, an aerobatics guy. He's uh, He doesn't compete. He he's just he flies for fun, but really likes 3D. Uh, he'll, he often can be seen at local events in South Australia if they want somebody to do a bit of a 3D demonstration. Marty comes and does his fly fly low sort of flying so uh great guy really enjoys his flying uh we communicate a lot marty and i and so i thought i said marty come on let's have a chat so here is my chat with my good friend marty morgan are you comfortable pretty good okay marty morgan thanks for joining us on the flat out rc podcast uh little did you know that i was just recording all that and that's going to make it into the podcast so what an entrance are you there, Marty? Hey, young Andrew. Yeah, yes. good. Hey, young Andrew. Good. Now, um, I've done. I, I've introduced you off air as being the farmer from South Australia. Where are you currently located? Um, we are halfway in between two little towns. One's called Corinda, and one's called Lamaru. Um, so, yeah, we just um. Off of Bitchman Road, so we're not too far. We're not too far out in the sticks, you might say. Well, I've been to your property, and uh, it took yes. me a fair while to get there from uh, my house in Victoria. And um, yeah, I went past your favourite town called Keith, which yes. I can't Keith. believe is a town called Keith, and uh, then headed north. And I thought I was in the middle of nowhere, so. I describe no, you, you as li- yeah. You live in the middle of nowhere, Marty. No, I don't. Well, we're going to get to more about the property that you're on and, and that kind of stuff. But since this is an aero modelling podcast, we better talk about some model aeroplanes first. So, how did you get started in aero modelling? I, I like I've known you for ages, but I don't even have a clue how you you got started. So I'm interested to hear this. Um. So. My dad, he's always had an interest in aviation, um, and we, for years, we watched dad fly and crash um, because he tried to teach himself. Anyway, um, he decided to go to a club for some help once, and I, I remember walking around and seeing all these aeroplanes, and I was like, yeah, I've got to get. Got, got to get myself a plane. But I was pretty young then, so... How old were you? I don't know. I was pretty young. Like, um, 
Mate, I might might have been four at that stage. So you started um, flying. So when did you get started flying then? I probably started flying eventually in my early teens because dad sort of um, went in fits and fads of it. And um, anyway, when he got into it in the early teens, I I said to dad that um, I'd like a plane and I'll do some jobs to work it off and. Anyway, he bought me. He bought me my first plane. and He crashed it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. What plane was it? <laughs> it was an old Vimar hot rod. I don't know if you remember that. It was a red high wing trainer, but it had like a um, fully symmetrical wing. And um, it, I, I sort of thought, oh yeah, I'll be able to learn to fly this, and then I'll be able to do some tricks with it as well, like later on. So. And it didn't but work anyway, out that way. It, no, it got crashed. Um, Dad had done a, a flight with it and um, thought, oh, yeah, we're going to tune this motor up a bit, a bit better. It wasn't running too good. So um, we landed it and he retuned it and he took it off and it was running worse than what it was before. And it didn't have enough power. And at the end of the little strip that we were flying at, we had a farm implement parked. <laughs> and um, he went straight into it and took one half the wing off it. <laughs> That's perfect. That's a good foray into welcome to aero modeling, son. Now this is how you do it: whack it into the machinery. Uh, assume, yeah, he's like, was that was that on your well, own farm? He's like, That's it. yeah, yeah. He's like, well, that's your first plane. You got to work off your second plane now. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> no, he didn't. He probably did. He probably did. I bet your dad. Uh, and so, after after that plane crashed, did you cry? And then your dad had to get you another one. I really wasn't happy. It was my pride and joy. Um, but he did. He went. And then I went to. It was called the Vmar Challenger, but that um, had more of a tr- the tr- typical trainer style wing. And I flew that for a little while after learning how to fly. And, yeah, it was all right. So you were flying at the farm? Yeah, that's. I learnt, I learnt to fly on the farm. My eldest brother taught me how to fly. And um, for, I don't know, I would have been 20-something when my uncle bought me a membership to a club as a present. And um, I'm like, oh, what do I want one of these for? But anyway, mm-hmm. I learnt that year meet lots of interesting people so then i started flying at clubs a little bit so yeah now i know you through aerobatics uh you were a good customer of uh 3d hobby shop australia when i was running it that's how we met and uh and you came to some yes. of my, my my fly fly lowing events and all that kind of stuff how did you did you get into aerobatics very early on in your in your aero modeling so you sort of got the grass for taking off and landing did you, were you quick to move into aerobatics yeah, so <clears throat> I um my brother was made on aerobatics, my oldest brother, and um so he started doing a few tricks with his planes, and I was like, oh, well, I've got to learn how to do that too. I've got to keep up with my big brother. So um yeah, I started doing a few loops and rolls and that sort of thing, but I right for a long time I knew nothing about three D models at all 
and only come across them by luck, really. Um, I was reading, I can't remember if it was Airborne or RCM or whatever it was, but it was an Australian magazine and it had a, a DVD in there called Queensland Challenge. And I reckon it was done by Martin Pugh or something like that. And um, it was done with the Queensland IMAC, but all of the freestyle competition side of it. So I got this DVD and I watched it and watched it and watched it and I'm like, I have to, I have to get involved in this. It had like um, Chris Brislin in it and Fraser Briggs and um, Luke Broderick, I reckon it was, Luke Cullen and yeah, all those bigger names of them and I was like, right. This is what I want to do. I want to, I want to learn how to fly these planes, and I need a big aeroplane. And, and um, so my first 3D model was actually the big one-third scale Matt Chapman Cat uh, 580, 100cc oh, yeah. model with the big splats on it and the target on the bottom. Mm. And I bought that and. I wasn't like real long married, like I hadn't been married that long and um, didn't have a lot of money. So I bought the airframe and then I just gradually pieced it together and then I flew this model and I thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever flown. And then I got some profile nitro. Where did you get the cap from? I bought it from, I, I, it was by chance. I rang up, um, Alexis, he used to have the flying model shop at Mount Barker. And I said, I want a 100cc 3D model. And he goes, oh, I didn't know you were into 3D. And um, he said, I've got this big one-third cappy. Would that interest you? And he said, I ordered in a model for a customer, but he actually wanted the 50cc one and not the 100cc. And um, I thought it was an awesome price. I'm like, yep. So I'll take it. So that's how I got it. Still, still to this day, I love that model. What did you crash it? It comes to a bit of a <clears throat> a breakage in the shed. Actually, it come fell off the table. So I then decided, like it wasn't the best three D plane. So then I went to an EG model, which I was flying when I met you. Oh yeah, but, the extra. Um, 100 cc extra yeah so and that was just before i went to my slick so so you, you mentioned you had these profile uh, you had the profile planes as well what were they were they foamies or yep or nitro no so they were those old but i actually bought we'll go to melbourne for a holiday and um these 3d models were all new to me anyway i um Decided that Melbourne seemed to be selling a heap of 3D models. So I um, hunted around on eBay back then and I bought all these models. I bought about eight models over there and then we sort of decided we'd hook the trailer on and we'll go for a holiday and pick all these planes up. Anyway, I brought them, I went over there for a holiday, picked all these models up, come home, and then I went through and picked out the ones I liked and I sold the ones I didn't like. 
um, just for the style of flying I wanted to do. And then I relocked these profile planes, so I kept them, and I flew the pants off them. I did engine changes, and then I played around with servos, different servos, and what more powerful servos would do. And um, I basically used these profile planes as a big learning thing. And then I played around with props, different props, and how different props would affect if you're hovering. And I don't know, I found it really interesting. And I, I did it all on the farm. I'd, um, I did the whole lot on the farm, really. Like, I watched this movie. used to watch this um, Queensland Challenge movie and then go out and try and practice it and fly it and crash them and fix them. You know how it goes. <laughs> you, did you, you never got onto the sim, though, did you? No, no. I've Years later, after learning most of what I was trying to learn, I, um, Alexis... Eventually, talked me into getting a sim, but I, I don't know. I could never sit down and really focus on it. I'd rather get out and do it. But I know, I know, sims are a very good tool. But yeah, I, I can never really sit down to one. So well, the uh, we should talk about what what I consider everybody's dream, and that is having your own strip. Where you can walk out the back door, and you've got your own runway there. Now I've I've stood on your runway, and it's not far from the house, and you know can't be too close to the house because the wife will crack it. But um, <laughs> what's what's it like having? What's the realities of having your own strip? Mind you, you've also got earth moving um, equipment as well that can help with it. But what's it, what's it really like? <laughs> what well, is great? Um, highly recommend it, but. Um, I don't get to use it as much as I'd like to anymore, but um, that's just uh, life commitments, I guess. But it is great. I um, I love it because I can I can set my planes up at the shed. I can pull them out. I just walk walk them out to my strip, and I can start them up out there and and fly. Um, everything can be taken out. Um, ready to fly. I usually, when I take my 100cc out, I've got a, a little start-up spot where I'll start them up and then I'll take them off the actual farm road and then I'll fly them out and land them on the strip when I finish my flight. And that, <laughs> I didn't know you did and just that. Walk out, just walk out. Hey? I didn't know you did that. I didn't know you just pulled them out of the, out of the shed, started them up and then flew them. Off the road and then landed them at the. So yeah. You walk up the hill to go to the the strip. Yeah. So um, I walk out my shed and I walk around the corner, and then up there, I like I've got a there's a bit of a hill there, and I've got a peg in the ground that I've got a rope that I clip on the back, and I just start them up at idle, unclip it, and then run them up, and then yeah, just take them off there by the hill, and um, basically, my warm up flight, I I do. A, Bit of a few simple aerobatics and that, and just check everything's going all right. And um, while I'm walking out to where I fly from, at my little shed out there, where at my um, at my strip, and make sure everything's going all right. And then once I get out there, I have a bit of a routine, and then land. And usually, I've already taken my fuel, everything out there, so when I land, I can just refuel and go again. Did you you built that strip, didn't you? 
Yeah, yeah. So one day my brother actually came up actually and, he, and I'm like, oh, I'm sick of flying off my farm trap. I want a proper spot. And, he's like, and we're looking around and we're like, well, where do we want the face? And I jumped on our um, scraper, which uh, picks up dirt and you can spread it wherever you want. So I jumped on that and started laying some clay in that for a strip and then we made a little area for where we park cars and stuff and he jumped on the grader for me and yeah we just laid it out and made it into our little spot it's it's basically a clay strip isn't it so you don't really have to cut the grass on it do you yeah no so i i wanted a clay strip and then i wanted and then i've got clover and that out the front but through i don't water that so it's only green through the winter and the spring and then we keep keep it quite well mowed up. So then, if you want to land out the front, not on the clay, you can. So it's not a bad little setup. Uh, it it is. It's good. I really like it. I um I'd like to use it a little bit more, but um yeah, I uh, in the winter time it takes a lot lot to keep it mowed up and that. But when I'm just flying off, I get a bit slack on the mowing. But when I get mates come up and that, I usually mow right out in front of it and that so makes it look nice what's the downside of having your own strip you gotta do everything yourself mm. <laughs> what about- everyone's keen to come for a fly yeah yeah but- you do all the work <laughs> sounds like a good idea yeah. <laughs> I, 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 seriously i'm planning holidays at your place because there's just so many activities that uh i can do there you, you know marty marty oh, but wait but wait i'm in the middle of nowhere you, oh, oh. you are in the middle of nowhere and there is an upside to that which means that you can't annoy the neighbors oh, by you know, revving your motorbike too too hard but um marty sends me um i get every week i get snapchat messages from marty which is generally updates as to what the kids are doing what his kids are doing that weekend and it generally involves burning petrol uh they're either on quad bikes, <laughs> on side by side buggies, and I'm talking. How old are your kids? Uh, seven, four, and two. Well, little Troy, the two year old, he I saw him being towed along by the ride on mower on a little like cart, billy cart kind of thing, and uh, your daughter, which daughter was it? Emily wasn't driving, was it? Who was driving? Yeah, Emily. Emily, well, Emily was driving, I think. Emily was driving. So Emily's seven and she's driving the ride on mower, towing Troy, who's two, in a billy cart. And then the next scene is you in the billy cart being towed by the lawnmower. I think this <laughs> just generally sums up a Morgan weekend. It, it just generally involves wheels turning. And that's why you don't have time to go flying. But the best thing is Marty just sent me a message before he got on air of his son Troy sitting down. And, and tell, tell listeners... What was Troy looking at? Uh, when was that? Sorry, what, before what, when he was the, around his airplane. The photo. The photo. Oh you no, sent he's, me. he's reading Airborne. He's reading Airborne. He, was he reading, loves it. He was reading Airborne magazine, and and he was basically reading the article that I used to write, Three D Dave. It's article, Three <laughs> D Flying. He's probably picking yeah. up a few pointers, but he's going to fly model airplanes. I can tell. He likes planes, doesn't he? No, keen as he's. Um, he knows what's what. He's got. I've got an old trainer that we don't fly anymore. And he's got. I put it, put the wing on and that for him the other day. So he pulls that around, yeah. and um, he he thinks it's fantastic. And he he goes to the shed. I've got an old DX5 sitting up in the shed, and um, 
he goes out, he lines a plane up, and then he goes back and he gets his controller and he's sitting there <laughs> and it won't go. So then he goes, Daddy, fix it. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, he's ready. He's absolutely ready. You know, you get to strip there, get the plane going and take him out, put him on a buddy box and see how it goes. He's probably a natural. See, I'll get him up. I'll get him straight under a hundred cc. All right. Oh yeah, it's easy to see. <laughs> the but like when you when you fly, like so Marty's really into that freestyle aerobatics kind of thing of three D flying, and and um, I've never met someone as relaxed as you um, when you fly, and obviously you've 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 practiced on. Do you mean that planes. in a good way? Oh, yeah, like I, I have to tell you to look at your aeroplane when because <laughs> I'll be talking to you as I'm no, flying don't. and you'll be looking at me and I'm going, Martin, the, the, the plane's in a knife edge. You might want to watch it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the um, I know that you, you're a big fan of uh, the American pilot, Joe Smith. Was he one of the, the major yeah, influences yeah. that gave you a bit of a direction and, you know, once, you know, came on the scene? Later, later on, later on. I really liked watching Joe, yeah. Um, but actually, in this Queensland Challenge, I used to really like watching Fraser Briggs. Um, I liked his technique and um, not his song choice so much because he started off with Crazy Frog. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. He was my pick out of that video that um, I quite liked watching. Except his aeroplane didn't have smoke. That was a bit of a letdown. Oh, you need to have smoke. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get Fraser on. Actually. Yeah, I've spoken. I've, I've sent him a message, and he said he will be on. He was a bit, bit busy earlier on the year, but um, he said he was going to come onto the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So I've got, I've got, you just just remind me to send him a message and get him on. And also, Troy was on. Troy was on there, like Bradswick or whatever his name is. Um, and he had the big hanging on ultimate, and that's what got me started on the hanging on ultimate. Yeah, that's right. I um, I watched that plane on there, and I'm like, I've got to have one of those one day. So, well, let's talk about some of the yeah. planes that you've owned because I've seen you fly the big hanging iron ultimate. Uh, what, yeah. what other planes of note uh, have you had? Um, so I've had a lot of smaller stuff, of course. Everyone, I think everyone has a lot of small stuff, and I still got quite a bit of smaller stuff. But I um, I really like the bigger stuff um i had a i bought a 50 cc edge 540 off the lexus second hand which i i flew for a long time and i don't know what the brand of that was but it was just a cheaper brand and it was a really good plane for hovering so i used to hover with that a lot and um that was back at the time when i had my big cat i didn't know much about tuning engines i took me a long time to get my cap sorted with the engine um, back in the day and then I got sick of that engine so then I, I bought my first DA100L and um, I loved it. It was it just went perfect and um, that really got me going on the, on the bigger side of things and when I had a reliable engine and um, uh, then I had a bit of a mishap with the cap and I dropped it off the table. So then I went to an EG Extra 100cc, I put the DA in that, 
and I love that plane. And then I sold that complete when I when this funny fella called Andrew started bringing in 3D hobby good, shop. Good bloke. And um, guy. good good head of hair. Uh, great oh, he can bloke. Could fly. He like can, he, he could so off to an Eskimo. Eskimos never ask for um, But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I was going to get an 89 slick off him, 50cc, and then I'd been watching Joe Smith with the one, the 104-inch, so um, I wanted to be like Joe, so I had to get the 104, and then, I, and then I had the DA100 in my old extras, so then I was like, nah, I have to have 120, I want a DA120 in my slick, so I did that, and, um, have you still got and that, then that was my first... You've got that slick, Yes, as spares, but I ended up blowing the wing off it, remember? Yeah. Um, but that's all right. I I um got blew one. a wing off it, and I managed to land it. And then and then I had I got a spare off you, and I'm still flying that. Okay. Um, but yeah, they they reckon it's a bit 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 of an old old three D plane now, but I still love it. I reckon it's a great airplane. I think I I really like my slow three D as well. So um, I I find it. Suits, suits me really well. Well, I really I love watching it, you fly it, that slick because I, I think you fly that as it should be flown in a kind of way, the way that it was designed to be flown. But, you know, I've got one and it, it's, a, it's a lot better than I imagined actually. I, I didn't realise how precise the airframe actually is because sometimes i found the slicks to be really good at tumbling manoeuvres and things like that, really agile kind of aircraft but maybe a bit lower in the precision stakes. But... Uh, you know, I, I, I love flying mine. I think it's such a capable airframe. There's something about the look of that slick that you just know it's going to fly well. And um, and when you do it, like I've, yeah, I'm, I'm, a Pinaroo. I saw you fly at Pinaroo. I got some great photos of it flying smoke rings and stuff. And it, I'd never seen a big plane fly that slow and be so stable. Yeah, yeah, it loves it. Um, and um, even when it is back slow, it's got no real bad habits. Like um. It, it sort of, it's very forgiving. It gives you time. You can sort of tell that if it's going to dip a wing, it, it will sort of give you a warning so you can correct it. So um, it's very good. It's it's not as precise as some of the planes I've had, but um, as for a 3D hacker, and um, it, it it does very well. Oh, it's got that's... massive over on yeah. Massive aerons on it. It's a good show plane. That's what I, I've got. My iOS. It is. I've got an extra if I want to do something a bit more precise. But then the slick is the show plane because they just look so big. Those three D hobby shop slicks for their size, they just look big. I, I used to have the demonstrator, and um, it the demonstrator didn't sit as high, or it had a bit wider wingspan, but it didn't really look no, as big as the slick. No. Um, but the demonstrator was very precise. Was I'll give it that. Yeah, it was, it was locked in. Until it decided to have a mind of its own. Unlock. Unlock. <laughs> Unlock what? <laughs> it unlocked. It, it, it unlocked? <laughs> yes. What do you mean by it, that? It, I said it was locked. When I flew it, I said it was locked in. Yeah. Very locked oh, in. then it was unlocked. And unlocked. Yeah. No. Yes. So, Come on. What, hey, keep up, Andrew. Oh, I can't understand it. You know, Marty, you're from South Australia and, you know, it's a different pace of life out there. <laughs> the um, I was there the day the demonstrator went in. It's an Air, 106 Edge, basically, isn't it? 
Um, and yeah, yeah. I had it on video. The, the world's greatest scheme. I hate that demonstrator scheme. Oh, you do not. So the demonstrator scheme for anyone listening was 3D Hobby Shop and Extreme Flight were merging and they had developed a new technology, which is that printed scheme kind of technology, which I've spoken to the guy from the factory in China who, who builds the planes about those schemes and he doesn't like making them because he said, oh, it involves, <laughs> it's so hard and it involves extra work and it's just extra labour. That's why a printed scheme plane costs more is because there's more time and effort and work that goes into, you know, producing the printed scheme. And he says, oh, I don't really like doing them, but, you know, customers want them, so he does it. But um, but that demonstrator was they grabbed the 3D Hobby Shop 106 Edge, which was relatively new. They put – they had carbon in it, didn't it? Think, yeah, yeah. so they they put some of the it. yeah they put some of the extreme flight thinking into that plane, and you know the, the way that it was constructed, and then they did this printed scheme to and it was called the demonstrator to demonstrate the capabilities of three D hobby shop and extreme flight now together, and it was a black scheme, and uh, it was it was one of those schemes that divided people, and the reason why I didn't like it is that. It didn't weather well. That if you left it out in the sun, I saw one in China that looked disgusting because it'd been out in the sun, and the whole front of the um the, the canopy, which was all plastic, had deformed in the sun, and it looked yeah. absolutely terrible. But your one didn't get an opportunity to really weather that much because it decided to have, as you said, unlocked itself. It decided to have this moment. I was filming it. It was at Ararat at one of my events, and. Uh, I, later on, I did the the investigative uh, sort of the it, I became investigator, you know, air crash investigation, and I went frame by frame through the video, and you could see that the one of the ailerons reversed mid flight. You were low down, yeah, and one one aileron reversed, and was now they were both working like flaps flapperons in a kind of way. They went up and down, but um, and that ended yeah. up finishing that plane off which was uh and and the event at the same time uh, the mood thanks andrew yeah, yeah no, i, I was waiting for that yeah well let's just say <laughs> that well it, it was terrible weather conditions marty was up there because he's always keen to have a flight and uh was flying around plane crashes and everyone okay well there's nothing more to do here let's go home and it was i think the event ran for i think <laughs> i calculated two hours and it was pretty bad weather it was blowing a gale by the end we should have had kites up but uh but you know, and that's uh, that's another good thing about you, Marty. If Marty goes to an event, he's not afraid to get up there and have a crack, are you? No, well, it's just an average day of flying here out in the sticks. You know, you got to fly when you can. That's true. <laughs> You've done often in South Australia. You get asked to do um, uh, demo flights at local events. Is that because you know they're short on on demo pilots who can do freestyle, or they're not fussy as to what they see? <laughs> Probably not fussy what they can they can pilots I suppose but um there, there, there's quite a good there's quite a few good pilots now in SA actually and um so you just need to have another three D holy shop event and then we'll be able to bring them all across. See Marty's been was he's the biggest supporter of the events that I used to run and he <laughs> desperately wants me to bring them back and and you know how you're talking about your field and the downside is that you have to do all the work. Yeah, that's the same when I run an event. You guys have a lot of fun. And have you seen me fly? Yeah. No. So we're, I told you, we're just going to meet up and, somewhere. And you've got to do a go video after. Oh, yeah, I've got a video of you 
so that you've got a mentor oh, of it. Video everyone. Yeah, and provide the food. You know, anything else you want me to do for yeah. you? Clean your planes, maybe. Do a song and dance routine. That would be good. That would be good. Well, I'll t- yeah, I'll, let me let me paint a picture of Marty turning up to an event. Marty, Marty's family. You used to have ultralights at one point in time, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and Dad used to have a flying school. Did he? Well, so they had this massive trailer for ultralights. So Marty's the only person that I know that brings multiple 100cc aeroplanes fully made up, wings on them, and has them in the trailer. I've never seen anybody else yeah. do that. And we're talking about big Hang 9 <laughs> Ultimates, you know, you name it. It's like a jigsaw puzzle now. I don't know how the planes make it to the field because, you know, it was, what, it was a five-hour drive <laughs> to get to Ararat from where you are. And I just don't – I've never seen anything like it. I did help you put planes in that trailer once and I was paranoid. I thought – I'm bad enough just trying to get planes out of my garage, let alone try to put a fully built up 100cc into a trailer. That's just that's just lazy. But you make the most of no, those events. No, it's not. Oh, you're difficult. Now, I've got some rapid fire questions. I haven't done these right, for very often, um, but uh, I've got rapid fire here questions. We go. Andrew is special. Okay, you ready? Rapid fire questions. Oh, bring it on. Why are you so relaxed when are you fl- when you are flying? Is it because you're simple? <laughs> Well, I like to think I'm not simple, um, but usually the first flight I go somewhere, I, I get quite tense and I get nervous, but that's probably because I'm not used to flying with people that much. Um, but I like to be relaxed and I, I find that the more relaxed you are, I don't know, the better better it flies for me anyway. So, well, I just don't know how you get into that state. You know, I've seen you bring 100 C's in, knife edge, pass, lower than anybody else. You know, is, is, is another rapid fire question. Whenever you fly, <laughs> are you trying to crash your plane? No, but you've got to give the spec, the crowd, that illusion. You have to, um, to get the excitement. You have to, Keep everyone thinking that you're about to crash. True story. Yeah, that's true. No, you're true. Now, if you weren't a farmer, what would you be? I don't really know. Unemployed. I'd have to be testing aircraft. I'd test an aircraft or something somewhere, wouldn't I? Yeah. Well, you've got a um, you've got a full size pilot's license, haven't you? I have. Yes. You haven't flown lately, have you? No, but um, hopefully shortly I'll be. Getting that back, yeah. all current and my plane back current. Yep. So Marty's got a uh, a Cessna. What what Cessna is it? One seven two. It's an old one, isn't it? Um. Yeah, I I restored it. I got bought it as a wreck, and um, spent probably a year and a half restoring it. And then Dad and I both did a general aviation pilot's license on it. And, um, yeah, it's been awesome. Nice. I want to use it again, so. You could put I'm 100cc gonna... in the back with the wings on. I'm thinking about putting mine on each strut. That'd be perfect. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, uh, two DA120s, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Now, um, <laughs> next rapid-fire question. Who is the best pilot you've seen fly? Let's say, put that, let's say in person. In person? Yeah. Um, 
definitely not Andrews too. Oh, wrong answer. <laughs> I'm pretty. You don't know um, that when I'm at the field, I'm pretty much the best pilot there. Just ask me. But I, I used I used to like watching Big Rods. Big Rog, Roger Scott. Yeah, Big Rog, Big Rog or Tim McDonald, I reckon. Yeah, they are good pilots, both of them. Big Rog, Roger Scott, he, he became a gun 3D pilot, really. You know, there was a stage there where he was, he was good. He was doing a lot of flying. He went through a stage where he was very, like, flat out, but after that phase and finessed his flying, he was seriously in control. And low down too. When he when he was flying that um, extreme flight, extra, uh, extra yeah. with the um, with the one two three in it, mm. he was doing some serious good flying. Yeah, he was good to watch. Yeah, he was. And was that two thousand seventeen? Could be. Can't remember. They all blend into one after a while. Um, would have been it was good. in that that time frame. Uh, I reckon it was. Next question: How many models have you crashed? Way too many to fit on one hand. Do you think that you, if you, if you're not crashing, you're not pushing the boundaries, you're not progressing? I've been one to push the boundaries and try things before I'm probably ready. <laughs> um. Shut up. <laughs> I've seen I've seen you fly like a lunatic, especially small models. It's something about it. When when you fly the bigger models, you're relaxed, but you're more in control and you're more subdued and you know, you you're sort of within your limits, which is still above most people's limits, but you're still within your limits, right? But then you know, if you go and get a small forty eight inch plane or something like that, um, you go crazy. It's it's all about how low you can get that thing to the ground. It's it's never about how high. It's literally let's get it lower. Well, there's usually some loser in the crowd, Andrew, that um yelling lower, lower. Well, <laughs> my eyesight's getting worse, and if it's really high, I can't see the plane. And as you said, the crowd want to see the plane lower. But I've That's seen right. you and your brother go stupid. There is a story about <laughs> being at Pinaroo at the at the club at Pinaroo, which is. I described it as being near the border of Victoria, like very far western Victoria and uh, South Australia. So Pinaroo's not too far away. And uh, great, great um, little club and uh, always a good event there, which is generally September, always in the middle of September when there's other events on in Victoria. But uh, I went there and, and Marty was flying a lot. Well, you, you weren't backwards and coming forwards. You had enough planes there to, to keep everybody fed. But... Um, what happened when you wanted to bring out the night flying yak? Which time? Pinaroo, when I was there with you, you pulled your yak out. And Oh, the yak. The yak. Because yeah. I, I don't think that yaks are the prettiest planes going around. Some of them are growing on me, but I don't think that they're the prettiest planes going around, so I refer to them as yaks. And we, we started giving Marty heaps. That I can't believe it was a 30cc gasser. Set up as a night flyer. Most most people out there with a night flyer are going to go and set up a you know electric or something like that. Not that night flying is a big thing, but you've you've been fascinated with this night flying thing, and you had this yak, which I referred to as a yak, and I said that when it flies along, it sounds like this yak 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 yak. But what's your fascination <laughs> with night flying? 
Oh, I love it. All your best weather's at night. You think about it. You go to a flight, eh? You go to a flight, eh? And it's windy all day. And then it comes night and it goes calm. So why not fly something decent at night? Well, there's one stage where you wanted to have a 100cc uh, night fly for home so that after hours you could go for a fly. What That's right. That and idea? that happened, but it didn't happen. What do you mean um, it happened and didn't happen? What crashed. At night? And it's not because of the night fly. No. Um, I had a couple of secondhand JR servos that I put in on the ailerons. And... Um, they decided to stop working and they bound up and fought one another until they burnt themselves out and uh, suffering the rest of the plane to fail and uh, f fell into the ground at about 45 degree angle so my nice light set up and everything got smashed up. Oh, what a pity. It was. It was a nice uh, hanging on. I just had this vision of you with your 100cc night flyer flying over the tree there near the house, your wife just with a megaphone yelling out, Marty, get in here now. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> no, I, see, I'm a big fan of straight-out mufflers, all right, and I was serious about this aeroplane. I even put canisters on it. Really? It was quite, yeah. Had the works. I didn't know you were that committed to having such a big night flyer. Yeah, it'll happen again. When you uh, fly on your farm, do you uh, stand by MAAA regulations, nine metre rule and stuff like that? What, how do you treat safety when you're at the farm? Next question. Um, how do you treat safety when you're at the farm? <laughs> oh, I've got one more rapid fire question. Uh, <laughs> can I come and fly at your strip and if so, will you be providing lunch? Yes. You will be providing yes. lunch? Yes and yes. Yes. Well, we can yes. always go. You've got plenty of lambs around there. That's right. And we've just done lamb tailing, so I'll be able to make you up some lamb tail stew. No, I'm not, I'm not hungry. <laughs> he always, this is what Marty always does. He always offers me the worst stuff, you know? That's why. No, I, that, that's a delicacy, mate. Do you seriously go and stew up lamb's tails? No, but yeah. I would for you. Yeah, exactly. He's such a nice guy. I'm not going to hang around with you. I'm going to hang around with the rest of the family, the kids and your wife, because you're annoying. Uh, now, let's move forward to current planes that you've got in your hangar, because I know there's some there that you haven't mentioned. Is there still something from Pilot RC sitting there? No. Uh, yes, I've got their new pits. The um, 100cc pits that Pilots RC done, uh, did. and um, But I had a couple of 42% that I've sold because I haven't been doing a lot of flying. So um, I sold a couple of bigger models and kept my favourites. So I've got the big pilot pits. I've got a 104 slick. And that's all I've got that's got any size to it at the moment. Um, it, I've got a couple of warbirds. I've got a 110-inch Spitfire that's nearly finished. And got a few trainers and 
a few smaller 3D hobby shop electric planes that are the ones I fly most at the moment. Oh, I've got probably some, haven't flown much. I've got some spare wheel pants and stuff for those. I'm probably some. And, and I've Only for the 47. Yeah, and I've still got that um, prop thingo that you need. Not, what is it? The Was it a prop adapter? Yeah, the prop adapter for that motor. I've got that sitting on my desk still. I'll look at it all the time. Oh. I haven't sent it to you. Oh, right. You're going to have to come and get it. Oh. Uh, I'll come over and get it. Yeah, okay, come around now. Let's fly the airplane. <laughs> uh, Can we do not fly? <laughs> no, keep keep your yuck at home. Have you still got the yuck? No, I um. You crash that one. It was dark blue. It was dark blue, so I sort of figured that one wasn't the best one <laughs> for night flying. So there was a mate there at that actual um fun fly, and he's like, "Do you want that?" I'm like, "Do you want to buy it?" And he's like, "Yeah." So um, he ended up buying it. And you used to be president of that club too, Pinaroo, weren't you? Yeah, still vice president. Yeah. You're still vice What was the last time you went there? I don't remember. Why, yeah. why is that important? It's been a while, hasn't it? <laughs> it's an amazing <laughs> club, that little Pinaroo club. <laughs> it's basically one guy uh, who does everything whilst Marty and everyone else just hangs around at home flying stuff. Now, besides uh, <laughs> besides the model flying stuff, which you're sort of in and out of, you know, and it's always there. I always say we are our modelers. It's always there, but sometimes during our lives we go through busy stages and you're going through that busy stage with young family and, and a really busy work life as well, doing farming and earthworks and you name it. Uh, what other hobbies uh, might you be partaking in that I like to rib you about? Uh, no, nah, I don't have any other hobbies, really. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tractor pulling? <laughs> tractor pulling. Gra- grabbing no. a big V8 motor and putting it into a tractor, otherwise known as a lawnmower. I told you we didn't need to bring this up, Andrew. Well, you said to me when I said, Marty, I want to have you on the podcast, you said, can I talk about lawnmower racing? I know, but I was just trying to stir you up. Well, I think the listeners might be interested to hear about how much time and money you've spent on creating a tractor pulling tractor so that you can go down to Keith to whatever feral event they got there to pull what do, what do they pull? <laughs> so we pull a sled. And that and on it and, is what? Um, concrete. Yeah, so there's weights and the sled gets pulled up and applying more weight to the front of the sled, which causes more friction and pull and makes the pull so great that it makes it stop, or you run out of power. Well, uh, I just so, yeah, don't understand we, why. Well, I know that you can't not? go around a corner. You've never been good at turning your steering wheel, so I suppose you can go in a straight line. But I just don't understand. But I'm relaxed when I do it. I can imagine you'd be sitting there going, oh, "What do we do now?" Oh, go, okay. <laughs> you've met you've met Chris Rudder, haven't well, you? You you can't you can't give me any grief because you're the meathead that fell off your motorbike when it wasn't even moving. I fell off my motorbike, and some people are saying that I <laughs> fell off holding it. But I can't fall off it if I was holding it, and I was on the bike. I'd like to say that the bike fell off me. I didn't fall off the bike. Well, and, I reckon the bike would argue that point. And 
just for your information, I've recovered from the dislocated shoulder and I'm back on the bike and I told you I'm coming to your farm to use your petrol. Are you going to find a gear this time? I don't have a problem in finding gears. I don't have, I don't have the issues <laughs> that you struggle with. Uh, you know, you've probably got an automatic in your tractor. There's only one speed and your dad said, Marty, just it's do it your best and floor it. Uh, check out my tractor. Well, it's sick. But um, you can fall off your bike when it's not moving. So imagine if you did find the gear. It fell off me. It did not. You know what? I, I was I got on my bike motorbike the other day, and there's not one scratch in it from my crash. Not one. I bet you did scratch it. No, I bet you did. No. Well, it's pretty hard to scratch something if you're not moving. Well, it fell on the ground on rocks. <laughs> your head, your head cushioned it though. No, I wasn't, Martin. I don't sit there with my head around my waist when I fall off and so that my head gets stuck under the bike. Crikey, you don't get out much, do you? We've got nowhere to go. No, I don't. I'm just here in the sticks. So, yeah, we do, we, we do, we do track the pulling, yes. Yeah. Getting back to your question. Marty's got, he's got like, you've got side-by-sides there that you're hooning around with. The kids have got them, quad bikes, you know. It, look, I look at those photos you send me on a weekly basis and I think I should be coming out there. I, I need to be there. It's it's my kind of place, but except you just got to. Hey, I could show you how to ride your motorbike. Your legs are too short. You can be able to get your leg over it. Oh come on! You don't have... You can you can ride on the back then. You can squash the back yeah. down for me. You don't have the athletic abilities that I've got. <laughs> you know, I keep on telling you, just build me a track with a few jumps, and I'm there. Okay. I've got I've got all that for you. Yeah, and then we can go and fly some model airplanes. So whilst you're at it, cut the grass and strip and stuff, and make sure it's all okay. How, yeah, well, how long is the do you think? If you measure, I think it? it's like 160 meters. 160. Yeah. Gee, that's a decent size. Is that long enough? That's plenty long. You could with an aerobatic. Would plane. you be able to get your? Would you get your jet in there? Probably, knowing my skills, I'm pretty much. Or, or, or gun round. Would you want me to let? Would you want me to land have it you ever, for you? Have you ever flown a jet? Yes. You have. Have you owned one or just flown one? No, no, I've flown one. What do you think of jets? No, they're all right. Well, when I get old, I'll get one. Well, that's your old now. <laughs> I'm not old enough for a jet yet. I don't know. I think you are. Uh, I reckon that's nearly fighting words, isn't it? That's what I like to tell my mate anyway. <laughs> well, but once I was talking to you about your flying, and I don't know, I was probably giving you a few pointers. And you're the only yeah, I, I reckon you would have uh, probably because you needed it. But you're the only pilot ever say to me and t- turn around to me and say, "Do you know what? I actually don't really plan on getting better. I'm really happy with the way that I fly and enjoy the way that I fly." Now, when did I say that? You said that to me at Ararat. I distinctly I? remember saying that that you enjoy the way that you fly. Now, and the way that I describe you is. You're gonna be you're gonna struggle to find someone that's more entertaining to watch fly, than <laughs> Marty Morgan. It might not be the most. Oh shit! What? It might not. You're not gonna go and win a precision competition, wa- but you remember your wife, uh, Ara? Yeah, I do remember her. <laughs> she was pretty rapt to be there. I remember that, but um, she said that um, 
I was like the clown at the um, party doing donuts up the back party. <laughs> See, that is a great explanation. She's 100% correct. She's 100%. You are. You are the guy on the top of the hill at Bathurst who bought some Kingswood there just to do donuts and burnouts. <laughs> that is you. And that's what the crowd is watching. They're not watching Brocky go around the track. They're watching Marty Morgan, and that's what that is exactly. That is a great explanation. You know, I always say you're not going to win the precision competition, but you're never going to be bored watching Marty Morgan. They'll always. And the other thing that I, I really admire about, I'm seeing, look, I'm telling you how good you are. The other thing I admire about your flying is that you link maneuvers. There's there's no downtime. You know where um, some people will learn freestyle aerobatics and and. Every maneuver is like its own little thing. Now I'm going to do a loop. Now I'm going to do a hover. Now I'm going to do, you know, a, a rolling harrier. Whereas you're just flowing. Just keep on keeping on. Moving. Oh, thanks. Unlike um, Chris Rudder, who we both know, who is um, one step away from. Oh, no, I just that. Rutnut's awesome. He's great value. Hey, Rutnut sent me a Snapchat today, and it's yeah. It's him. He started up his nitro RC car, and I went. Uh, I think my comment was "Bye bye iMac." He's going, "Yep, getting back into the RC cars." I'm like, you can't. This thing had smoke coming out of the engine, dust that he hadn't. You know, I don't think he's ever cleaned the car. It was a filthy thing. I'm thinking, nah, we've lost him again. He's back to RC cars. It's a downward spiral. Have you ever flown like I reckon? I reckon your place would be great for gliding. Have you ever flown gliders at your farm? Sorry. Wash your mouth out. No. It's a perfect spot for it. You would get the best thermals around there. Like if- you can you you can bring your glider. Bringing- I need some target practice. I'm bringing everything. I I've got the motorbike, I've got aeroplanes, I just the only thing I'm not bringing is the family because I need some peace and quiet to focus on the activities. The you do you do try to run your own little event, don't you? Well, let's see, no, it's mates that I, I, you know you often will invite a group of mates to come for a flight at your place and a, a camp out there, don't you? Uh, occasionally, yeah, yeah, and uh, we usually can fill up a couple of days. Yeah. The um, but no, we we have good time flying. We uh, we uh, practice all the NASA regulations. Of course you do. The um, yeah, it's all about safety. Well, you're still uh, you're still a relatively young guy, and uh, you, you've got plenty plenty of years ahead of you. And you know you're going through that busy phase with kids and whatever. What do you think your future is going to look like in in aero modelling? Well, it looks like it's going to be pretty bright, judging by my young son. He, um, he, I don't think he'll be letting me give up anytime soon. So, uh, I reckon he nearly needs his first hundred cc. <laughs> what do you reckon? They, can you get a hundred cc a trainer? <laughs> you could you scratch build one, just scale up a, a boomerang or something, and off you go. But do you think you'll you'll build more or? We get to scale, or do you think we'll just stick with aerobatics? I, I do like scale. Um, I like my scale warbirds. I mean, I don't like it as much as 3D, but um, I can see probably doing a bit more scale one day. I don't know why. I'd 
and I don't know if I'll ever have time, but I'd actually like to scratch build something one day just to start from not much and make something fly. Um, but I'll, I'll, I might end up with a jet one day. I wouldn't mind a jet, having a bit of a dabble in jets. I think, you know what I see jets as? Jets is one of those things that um, are great for going to jet events with. It's, it's something about, I don't know why I think like this, but <laughs> going to, when I went to, took my jet to the jet event, it was like, yep, this is what it's designed for. Go, catching up with other people that fly jets and we all just go and fly our jets. It's just something something about it. It was hard to describe, but it, it sort of works really well. More so than say, yeah. oh, let's go to a scale event and there's all these scale planes. Well, yeah, we see them all the time, but a field full of jets at a jet-only event just – and they, and they work well together. I always say you can have lots of them in the air flying together, whereas on a normal club day where you've got prop planes and jets, it's sort of hard to, to mix them in and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I always thought I was going yeah. to have a jet too at um, some point in time. I just Sometimes things get moved ahead and the uh, well, opportunities arise to pick up jets at a decent price and you've got to jump, on, jump at them. That's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, um, You're always getting a bargain, aren't you? That's right. Well, you know, I've got too many toys, so you, but look, I don't. I don't want any more airplanes. I've, I've still got enough. But I did just get the DJI FPV drone, which is um. I told you. Did I tell you? I told you to get one. I sent you a message and said, Marty, get a DJI FPV drone. You can go and check the cattle and stuff with it. Not the cattle, the shit, the, the sheep. Do you know what I said though? Um. No. We really said I said, no. my, my wife said I've got enough toys. She won't know. I told, and and I, my response was, it's a work tool. I know. And do you know what I said? What? You're a tool and you don't work. And, and do you know what I said? No, you're a tool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good comeback. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> well, Martin, speaking of comebacks, um, uh, we hope to have you come back to aero modeling soon. Well, you know, you, you always you're always <laughs> thinking about aero modeling, and you do go out flying, so I shouldn't say that. But um, I have my signature move, which if you should be listening to my podcast whilst you're sitting there on a scraper or something, or making lamb tail stew. I always finish with this big question: well, What was that? You ready? Maker. Well, what has been your favourite model? What has been my favourite model? Yeah. It ha- it would have to be my 104 Slick. Yeah. I it I, I really don't know what I'm going to do when it crashes or when I crash it. I'm not sure what the most similar plane would be on the market for that sort of style at the moment. Um, I'm sort of be interested to try the new Extreme Flight or not new anymore, but the extreme flight slick. Or um, what's the other one that DA sell? The Laser. Um, AJ slick. The AJ slick. Is it well, the AJ I think, slick? I think that the AJ slick would be very similar, the closest thing to a 3D hobby shop slicks. And when you look at them, you can see the, the similarities. Of course, they came from the same man. He designed pretty much the 3D hobby shop version, but um, that really big turtle deck on the slick which you don't often see on other versions of the slick, um, is something that I think AJ went for for that knife edgeability, you know, almost like a pattern playing kind of look. But um, that yeah, the the AJ, um, even the AJ laser 
has that that slick kind of look, sitting high up on the on the uh, on the undercarriage, that kind of thing. So yeah, that that I definitely think that would be the closest. I've never seen one fly in person though, so yeah. I I'd quite like to see one fly. I've, I've but, seen um, them. I've seen I've seen in China. I've seen some people fly them, and they do look like the slick, but. I think for me, if I was going to go a three D plane now, it'd have to be the laser. Even though the three D, sorry, the extreme flight laser. But the only problem I got with the laser is they're a dime a dozen now. They're that good that the plane that the, the yeah. fanatics are buying them. So you go to a field now and you you're bound to see a laser there. You know, um, but I don't I don't mind the look of that new pilot. Um, the pilot slick. Is it the pilot slick? Yes. Yeah. That's um. I was talking to a guy actually last night over, over Facebook, who a um, guy that I know, who's ordered one and he's preparing the build now. But the plane's not coming till August or something. But it's um, yeah, I really like the look of that. Um, I, I saw the prototype fly in China, and yeah, um, yeah. it was um, yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> and this I've, I've yeah. told this before, but you know, the prototype they put two tanks in it so that they could go and fly the thing for half an hour and test it out. And they literally would, they, you know, they would just do anything to that plane to, to see if they could break it and you know keep on refining it. I know Martin Bramwell was playing around with stabs and you know stab sizes and things like that. But um, that scheme is just that bright, greeny, bluey kind of scheme is just phenomenal in that one hundred three slick. But uh, yeah, no, I quite like it. We're lucky we got it. You know, we still got a few good brands to choose from for for three D. You know, like. Extreme Flight and Pilot RC are sort of leading the way. AJ's there, hasn't sold as well. Um, but um, they, they fly really well as well. There's, there's nothing wrong with an AJ plane. But um, did, you no. ever, have you, did you ever have a precision aerobatics plane? Um, I had a couple of small stuff. I had an addiction and maybe like a little bandit or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I had a bandit. Oh, I thought they looked great, but... Um, didn't like I didn't like the way it flew that um, way, so. Look, that I find with the um with the precision error is it precision error? Yeah. No. Yeah, precision PA. Error. Yeah, precision. Yeah. Error. Um it it it's more like a foamy sort of way they fly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I, you know, I had a lot of fun with them, but if I fly a smaller balsa plane, I'll stick to something that flies like a bigger balsa plane. So, um, just so that when you go out and fly your bigger planes, it feels more natural, doesn't it? So, but yeah, my all-time favourite would have to be my 104 slick. I've had two of it. I'm on my second one now. Um, with the DA120, it's got heaps of power. The servers have got heaps of power. Dump mufflers. Uh, Big prop. Yeah. Rip it up. Yeah, that was a rip. <laughs> I've got the same setup. With the, I've got an EME 120 and I've got a 29 by 9 prop on dump mufflers. Uh, it is set up for smoke, but I haven't set up the smoke yet. But yeah. I can't wait to formation fly with you. We, do we have to hold hands whilst we're yeah. doing that? Yeah, yeah. And um, you have to barrel all around me, all right? Yeah, okay, good idea. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, just yeah, don't veer off. Anyway, man, look, it's always Can you good. Do it? What was that? I was just going to say. Can you do a low hover? Uh, no, um, I can't because I'm too scared to. 
I can do a high one for you. I'll give you room to loop around me. We can back down from a high hover. That's true. And then do a low hover. I've only done about six flights or something on my uh, slick, so you know, give me a bit of time. I'm actually amazed it's had one flight. I've been a very busy boy, mate. How long have you ha- how how long have you had that plane? Uh six or seven years. It it wouldn't even average out to one flight a year. Well, it took five years to be built. I was a bit busy. I had this thing called Flat Out RC, you know, it took up a lot of time. And it was only when I stopped the magazine I could actually go nice. and do something. But um We're all busy. <laughs> you can talk. <laughs> I don't like you anyway. Hey, can you I have your slick? Me. No, you can't have my slick. Get your own. You've well, I could turn that. I could, I could turn yours into a night flyer. Yeah, you're an idiot. You <laughs> give up on the night flying thing, all right? You better off putting floodlights in in your backyard. Nobody will notice. Actually, I saw some floodlights at the auction the other day. We could do it, though. Oh, no. Ladies and gentlemen, you just witnessed Marty Morgan and he's thinking. He thinks up these harebrained ideas like lawnmowers, racing lawnmowers. <laughs> And then goes, oh, an idea. And then the worst thing of all, he goes to his dad and goes, hey, how about we build this? And, he, and his dad goes, yeah, okay. This is like a good idea. Like, now, your dad's got a DC3 sitting in his backyard, hasn't he? Yeah. We're talking about a full-size one here, aren't we? Yes. And what's he doing with that? He's restoring it. He's, um, I reckon we've had it probably 21 years now. And... Um, it's probably 75% of the way there. We could start up. Um, yeah, yeah. No, he's had it running. He's got a wing back on it now. He's working on the next wing to go back on it. But we had to sort of stop working on it for a while because he wanted to get it undercover, so he built a shed for it. So is the um, pretty cool. Is it planned to fly? We're not sure yet. We'd love to see it back at air shows and stuff. But um, it we're just a bit unsure how to go about it yet, yeah. because there's different categories that you can go under, and um, we can. He's got a mate that would be able to help him out, but but yeah, we'll just have to find out a bit more on that one. But it, the most of all, he wants to preserve it because it's got a lot of Australian history. It went to New Guinea in the war, and um, and then it's got a lot of Australian history. So the most important thing was to preserve it. And was that, um, um, sitting at the front of a shopping centre or a McDonald's or something. Yeah, yeah. So for the last, before he got it, it was sitting out in front of McDonald's there by Amy Stadium. It was called back in the day, and um, out Port Adelaide, and the restaurant owner wandered the land and um, offered it up for sale. We went to an auction at Edinburgh, hoping to buy some parts for, off a of DC-3 because Dad always wanted a radio motor. And we went to this auction hoping to get some parts or, with any luck, a radio engine and bought DC-3. So, How did you get the DC-3 back to the farm? Oh, my dad, my eldest brother, went down and spent like two weeks pulling it apart, splitting it all up for a truck. So it was a big job, but I was like 15 at the time, 
and I got the job of ringing my mum to tell her that we'd just bought a DC3, and she didn't believe me, of course. <laughs> she must be a very patient <laughs> lady, your mum. Oh, she's grown to be a bit more patient, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say the Morgans have got a lot of toys, and uh, you're always pretty busy, aren't you? None of you are sitting around. Uh, we, we keep busy, yeah. Well, we've got to do something. We live in the middle of nowhere, I'm told. So, you know, it's you true. can't get bored. You could get bored, but you're not going to get bored because there's always something to play around with on the farm. And the, the kids are doing you a good job too. Well, yeah, that's true. Emily wants Emily wants to ra- race motorbikes and beat the boys, so. Does she? I wouldn't have yeah. asked her too. Like... When she was in uh, kindergarten, she uh, what did she what did she say? What was her homework or something? She wanted to get faster on the quad bike. Yeah, she's always been aspiring oh, for speed. They were asked her what 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 she wanted to get better at, and yeah. she said, "I want to get better at riding my motorbike." Yeah, so, this was for school, as you do <laughs> I mean, you're in the middle of nowhere. Anyway, Marty, it's been a pleasure they having do. you on the uh, they podcast. Do, they do drop. What's that? <laughs> I'm trying to wind you up and you keep on going. No, that's all right. No, it's been a pleasure. No, no, we're all right. Yeah. I've got things to do. I've got to go building. Oh, no. He's probably going to get out of flies. <laughs> anyway, well, Marty, thanks a lot. Uh, <laughs> you can interrupt me right. again. Have another crack and interrupt me. Go. Get out of your system. Yeah. Marty- see, see you, mate. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for joining me, Marty. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. We'll Snapchat you soon. All right. Thanks, Andrew. See you, mate. About to leave, already packing. Come with me, I'm not really asking. We'll get away to a place where we don't know. Time for me to go. Another episode done and dusted, as I always say. A big thank you to Marty Morgan for joining me. Uh, always good to have a chat with Marty. Good bloke. Uh, really enjoys his flying. If you ever get a chance to see Marty fly, it's quite funny because he's just so relaxed. Well, he appears to be so relaxed. Uh, always amazes me. So um, well done, Marty. Hopefully we'll get out of this lockdown uh, by tomorrow. You know, by the time this episode comes out, when we come out on a Wednesday. Oh, if you've been listening to this on the Apple podcast, uh, especially on your phone, Apple seem to be really slow in getting these episodes up. They've, they've had some problems, I know that. Uh, and they're trying to resolve them, apparently. But uh, hopefully they've resolved them now. And uh, it's a bit hit and miss whether it's going to be up in time. But I, I'm still getting them out on, on Wednesdays. Uh, always on uh, SoundCloud first. Then it'll stream across to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and a whole bunch of other things, Google Podcasts. So don't forget to subscribe uh, and, you know, leave us a like. Uh, you know, give us five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us to promote it and give some, yeah, get the get the podcast out there so we can get more, more ears listening to it. Plus, whilst you're in the mood for subscribing, don't forget the Flat Out RC YouTube channel is still there. There's plenty of content there for you to go back and have a look at and all sorts of different things and vlogs and product reviews. Uh, I've got a new one up on the, um, on a cub or on those kind of a cup it's an l4 grasshopper from phoenix models uh take a look at that don't forget the jet event video is still up there from the wang jets and uh stay tuned i've got a whole bunch of photos going up uh over the next month from the wang jets event on the instagram so um jump on to, to the flat out rc instagram page and you'll see a lot of those photos coming out so big thank you for joining me once again 
I'll be back next week. Plenty of more. I've got lots and lots of guests in the bag now. Some really, really, really exciting ones too. We're going back overseas for the next couple of uh, episodes. So some uh, some world-class people coming to you here on the Flat Out RC podcast. Till then, stay safe, stay well. Get your vaccine jab. I'm trying to book to get mine so we can all get out of these lockdowns and get back to the flying strips as often as we can. Talk soon. Thank <laughs> you.